Welcome to Your Personal Trainer. It's season two, episode 12, Should I Go Organic? I'm your personal trainer, Harry Catcher, and I want to start off by thanking Noah K of Ramona, California, for asking about whether or not we should all go organic. Now, the other day I was shopping for groceries, and while looking over the selection of green to yellow bananas, I noticed a small section of the organic bananas. I gave them the once over and you know, I, I wasn't really impressed. They looked the same, they smelled the same. Yes, sadly, I smelled the bananas. Hmm, what was the difference besides the price? Thus began my research for the pros and cons of going organic. So while strolling the aisles, yes, I stroll, I read a number of labels and I ended up more confused than ever. Turns out in the US, food companies have to follow the somewhat misleading standards set by the USDA, which have created four categories for organic food. First, 100% organic means it's 100% organic, easy enough. If it just says organic, then that means it's 95% organic. And if it says made with organic blank, that means it's 70% organic. And finally, for products that only contain a few specific organic ingredients, well, the information is going to be found in your ingredients list. So the debate now is organic, 100%, 95%, 70% foods versus conventional foods. I was under the presumption that organic just meant healthy and environmentally beneficial. Guess what? I was wrong on both counts. Wait, what? Let me break down my findings using, using um, I'll, I'll use three criteria, genetically modified organisms or GMOs, pesticides, and environmental impacts. Those will be my determining factors. First, with GMOs, they're genetically modified organisms in our food. Did you know we've been genetically modifying our food for thousands of years? To genetically modify something really just means to choose which traits you wanna highlight and keep. The farmer breeds the better crops and over generations, that family of crops becomes better as a whole. This technique is called selective breeding and it isn't anything new. What is new, however, is how we now selectively breed crops. In the past, getting a preferred trait was basically luck, but through the use of new technologies, we can now pick and choose which traits we want without having to rely on luck. The theory hasn't changed, only the way we do it has. In the case of the bacillus protein, the BT protein for short, it destroys the digested tracts of certain insects and is used as a pesticide. So through the use of GMOs, scientists were able to modify the plants so that the plant naturally produced this BT protein. This allowed the plant to defend itself from threatening insects. However, when this became public knowledge, people became fearful of eating food that was able to liquefy your digestive tract. I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm kind of used to that. What's toxic to one organism isn't necessarily toxic to another. The BT protein in the plant could kill insects, but not affect us at all. It's the same concept as to how dogs are harmed if they eat chocolate, yet we eat it a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Pesticides. Dr. Matthew Thorpe, author of Are Pesticides in Foods Harming Your Health? argued that organic biopesticides are usually less effective than synthetic pesticides, causing farmers to use them more often and at higher doses. 
These higher doses make them more prevalent in our food and, as a result, potentially worse for our health. Hmm. I still don't like the idea of eating food that is laden with pesticides, especially potentially high doses. But apparently Uncle Sam has my back. You see, all food grown in the U.S. has to go through strict testing before it can be released into the market. The testing involves an inspection of the pesticides found on the food. Dr. Thorpe wrote, the lowest dose of a pesticide causing even the most subtle symptom is called the lowest observed adverse effect level or low, low, the no observed adverse effect level or no, no, is also sometimes used. The USD, those are hard words. The USDA and the FDA use this information to create a threshold for exposure that's considered safe. Now to do this, they actually add an extra cushion of safety by setting thresholds 100 to 1,000 times lower than the lowell or null. Now that's really low and that's conventional food. Let's look at environmental impact. You know, it'd be great if we could feed the world while simultaneously saving the environment, which we need to do. Harvesting the most food out of our land is critical. Unfortunately, the crop yield per area of land for organic farming is far less than its conventional counterpart. Anurada Varanasi, a Columbia University science journalist, wrote on this issue stating, scientists are concerned that organic farming has far lower yields as compared to conventional farming, and so requires more land, read deforestation, to meet demand. If we want to save the environment, conventional farming still appears to be the way to go. Michael Stebbins, a geneticist who served as the assistant director for biotechnology in the Obama White House Office of Science and Technology wrote, in 2016 alone, growing GMO crops helped decrease CO2 emissions equivalent to taking 16.7 million cars off the road for an entire year. GMOs also reduce the amount of pesticides that need to be sprayed while simultaneously increasing the amount of crops available to be eaten and sold. Still, there's just something comforting about the word organic. So you're gonna have to decide if organic for you is still worth the price. But, you know, as long as we're genetically modifying our food, I wonder if they can create a banana that smells like bacon. Hmm, food for thought. Hey, if you enjoyed listening, and please visit my website, harrykfitness.com, where you can find more fitness information, download my free workout ebook, and check out the healthy recipe page. And if you have a fitness question, send them to me at personaltrainerquestions at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.